joined now by a very special guest on the podcast, great contributor to a website named mvcfans.com. He's an alum of one of the Valley schools. His name is Matt Hackman, better known as Hacksaw on mvcfans.com, which is a uh, the message board of a bunch of fans of the Valley kind of coming together. Matt, thanks for joining Union Street Hoops. Thank you, Paul. I'm happy to be here. One of the reasons why I wanted to have uh, Matt on, or Hacksaw, is that uh, it's kind of a, a special thing. This time of year, Matt does a great job of putting together these graphs of seeding probabilities for Arch Madness, and you actually do it for a couple of the conferences. How did you get started putting this together? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, so this must have been oh, 10 to 12 years ago. It was just coming into the final games, and kind of similar to this year, there was just, you know, a lot of possibilities of, you know, hey, if I'm going down to St. Louis, do I have to book a, a Thursday trip, or can I wait till Friday to head down there? So I kind of, you know, figured out exactly what it would take for the last 32 scenarios, just the one day left of games, uh, kind of figure out, you know, if each of these outcomes happens, what seed does each team get? And, uh you know, it kind of built from there. It just slowly expanded year over year. And, you know, the first few years I was just doing it for my own benefit. And then I started sharing it with a few friends. And, you know, a few friends passed on to a few more friends. Eventually I found uh, found some more people on the fan sites that were interested in this. And it just kind of grew from there. You, uh, you said you started it with one game to go. I would say a couple weeks ago, someone said, when are we going to get our first hacksaw graph? And this was like midway through the conference season. This is uh, this has kind of grown to uh, cult-like following, I would say. People in the Valley are clamor for these updates. Uh, when when do you start putting it together each year? When How early is too early? Well, that's a good question. So uh, the furthest I've expanded with actual games is when there's four games to go for each team, that allows for you to run a fancy spreadsheet here with a little over one million possible outcomes for the remainder of the season. Um, in addition to that, I recently kind of upgraded it to include simulations. So I can just run based on, you know, these predictions uh, for how the games are going to go. Uh, 100,000 simulations really at any point during the season. I can run, I can start them before the conference season starts. And, you know, it gives a, you know, nearly 10% chance of every seed for every team. But, it's, uh, you know, some of the teams that are expected to do better get a little higher towards the top end of the seeding range. And some of the teams that are expected to do a little worse during the season get a lower seed, a little bit higher probability. But with the simulations, I can, I can start it whenever uh, during the season. It's just it gets a little more interesting uh, about halfway through the season when, you know, teams have certain leads on other teams and stuff like that. I found it interesting a couple about a week ago or so you, you that you ran the simulations and there was one that ended with eight of the teams being ten and eight. Now you've been you're a Northern Iowa grad. You've been following this league for a long time. Is this as wide open or as crazy as we've ever seen it? Clearly, we've never had a conference champion in the valley with six or more losses before. But but does this even make it more fun, more chaotic to kind of run these simulations and look at these weighted scenarios? Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, this is much more fun this year than most years. Uh, I mean, this is this is where I'm proving no my worth here. Uh, this is this is uh, making the spreadsheet uh, do its business. Uh, I I love the fact that we are so bunched up, and it's not just you know 
with uh, looking at the models and stuff like that. Uh, on your first point, though, there was one other previous year where there was just some chaos right down to the end, and uh, I, I won't have this exactly right, but I, I want to say it was maybe six or seven years ago. Uh, I believe it was Indiana State had had the last game on the last day of the season, and I believe they even went into overtime, and they were – they were coming down and it was a tight game right down to the end. And they were kind of in a position where win and get a three seed or lose and get an eight seed. And it was just nuts how, how wide a variety right in the middle of the seeding range was on that, that day, uh, six or seven years ago, there was another crazy day in the Valley. Well, we've got 10 games to go. There's 1,024 scenarios remaining for Valparaiso who I cover it looks like 712 of these scenarios end with them playing on Thursday night, and 312 of them end with them playing, uh, you know, probably in the four, five, or six scenario. Uh, it's it's actually much simpler. If Valpo beats Bradley, they're they've got a chance to play on uh, on Friday. But if they lose to Bradley on on you know Wednesday night, they're certainly locked into to Thursday. What? When you look at you've got you've got a couple different things here. You look at weighted and unweighted. Um, when you look at a Valpo going to Bradley, you, I think you've got a, a 65% chance that Bradley's going to win that game. How is that? Just do you look at like Ken Palm Sager and ratings? Do you have your own kind of numerics that you look at here? Mm-hmm. Uh, good question. Yeah, these uh, these ratings uh, with the weightings come from Sager and, and specifically his predictor rankings. Um, no real rhyme or reason why that's what I use other than it's free, generally well-known. Most people seem to uh, agree that that's one of the uh, better computer ranking systems out there. And it certainly is one of the top ones that is, is out there. And Ken Palm is also very good, and that one costs money. So Sagarin is, is the way to go. Looking out, you know, 10 games left, there's a three-way tie for first place right now. I guess gu- gun to your head, who do you think takes it? Missouri State. Yeah, they, I mean they've they've got the nice tiebreaker over Loyola right now is certainly something nice to have in their back pocket. Yeah, and they're and honestly, right now they're the only one that controls their own destiny. The other two need one of the other tight programs to take a loss to make it work. Now it's interesting because looking at the the weighted percentages, they are the only team that's. Has there there looks like in the weighting the weighted aspect, they've got a forty two percent chance of winning at Illinois State on Wednesday, and then a forty nine percent chance of winning at home against Drake. But again, you know, if we if we lived by the numbers, this season would have played out probably a little bit differently. Um, what uh, where Valpo? You you think uh, you think they end up playing on Thursday night? Uh, I mean, they can definitely get out of Thursday night. Uh, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to, you know, win win the tough one at Bradley. I mean, that's like you said. That's where it's. Uh, if they can win that game, I think yeah, you're looking at a Friday game to start. But uh, like you said, without without that win, I mean, you're locked into Thursday already. Brett uh, at Bradley. That's. That's a tough game, but definitely one I know Valpo can handle. And Bradley's an interesting case right now because as we sit here, 16 out of the 18 conference games have been played. Bradley can still finish anywhere from the number two seed to the number nine seed. Now, obviously, depending on what happens on Wednesday, that will shrink this a little bit. But 
it is just absurd to me. You've got a team like Northern Iowa who can finish as high as number one and conceivably could also play on Thursday night. Uh, again, this is uh, – so how much are you scoreboard watching on Wednesday? I mean, how quickly do you, uh, do you foresee playing with the numbers right after these games on Wednesday? with the numbers during the games and and what's fantastic about Wednesday is we have all five teams that are that uh, the games will finish within about uh, an hour or two of each other on Wednesday night so it, it's fantastic I'll be I'll be updating this like it's a live update as the games are going on I'm probably updating it with the leaders throughout it if the scores hold and as soon as the final game's over on Wednesday night I will have out a uh, a post with the uh, the final 32 scenarios, and it'll be a nice uh, nice little colored spreadsheet, just uh, just as similar to uh, the ones I had started with many years ago. So once you get to St. Louis, do you get uh, obviously? I would imagine you're a Northern Iowa fan, but do you do you then get to kind of sit back and just enjoy the games without having to to think about the the numeric algorithm or anything? <laughs> that that's exactly it, actually. Yeah. I uh, this this is uh, this is where I come in with the algorithms and the seeding probabilities and all that. But once the seeds are decided, you know the spreadsheet retires for another season, and I just enjoy some fantastic Valley basketball. And this year in a in completely wide open race. Now, when uh, final question here, there seems to be a great question about tiebreakers and all of that, how much do you have to tinker with the tiebreakers in your system, and especially now that they've moved from RPI to the net, and and uh, just how, is that uh, is that a headache throughout the whole process? Uh, yeah, that, that's a really good question, and uh, specifically this year that plays into uh, this more than anything. Uh, it is a little bit of a headache uh, with this using, you know, RPI previously and then now net, it's not nearly as straightforward as a lot of other conferences where it's just purely defined and there's no outside sources potentially determining seeding. So what I kind of have to do here to estimate net seeds this year, and the other hard thing about net is nobody really even knows what's going into that or the weighting behind that. So with that being you know, a privately held secret, it makes it even a little bit more challenging. But I've been tracking how the teams move in net about how big a jumps up and down you can make based on wins. And so what I do then is I, uh, I, get, I have a projected total amount of wins for each of these teams. And, you know, if they, if they end up in these simulations or uh, scenarios winning more games than that, I have their net, you know, going down by a certain, you know, number of points kind of based on how the averages during the season go with uh, how the movements work there. And, you know, if they happen to lose – or if they happen to win fewer games than projected, you know, their net ranking will go up a little bit. Uh, so that does play into here a little bit. Um, I can run I can run this, you know, both with a stable net without moving at all, or I can, you know, have the net potentially move drastically. But I've kind of fine-tuned it into, you know, about where I think uh, the wins and losses move each team's net ranking to. You said you started doing this all together to try to figure out what night to book a hotel in St. Louis. Northern Iowa could play Friday. They could play Thursday. Still likely they're playing Friday, but have you booked your rooms yet? Uh, I have no rooms booked yet. <laughs> just, just, just trying to see if I have the ability to sneak out of here yet. 
Well, very good. Hey, Matt, thank you very much for taking the time to chat. And again, go to mbcfans.com, go to the message board, look at men's basketball, and you can find under the name Hacksaw all of these graphs. And they really, I'll be honest with you, as a reporter, it has been fun to kind of sit back and look at those. And it's really taken a lot of work off my plate. So from all the beat reporters in the Valley, Matt, I want to say thank you for all the work that you've done. And I'm sure the conference office feels the same way. And I hope to bump into you in St. Louis for Arch Madness. Sounds great, Paul. Thanks a lot. Happy to be here.